This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Once again, I am really, really glad to see you out here on a Wednesday night. If you hadn't been here very much, we've been, we've been talking about uh, faith, just the different areas of faith, and a lot of this was birthed in my own life just a few weeks back that I, I knew in my heart that I had gotten away from faith. I'd gotten away from it, and I had to get back into faith. And so faith grows, or faith is a product of the Word of God. Remember, faith come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we can say faith is a product of the Word of God. The only way you're going to get faith is the Word of God. Now, in Joshua 1, the Lord said to Joshua, He said, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, and you shall meditate in it therein day and night. Why do I need to get it in my mouth and why do I get it in my mind? And he said, so that you may do it. You may do it. James 1.22 says that be doers of the word, not hearers only. And in Joshua 1, he said that when you get it in your mouth and you get it in your mind and you begin to meditate on it, he said then ultimately you'll begin to obey it and do it. And it specifically says, then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Now, that's by obeying the Word of God, but it's interesting right there that you've got to get the Word in us. Every one of us do. You know, you think about this in the physical realm of your life. You are what you eat. If, if you eat a lot of fruits and vegetables and things that are good for you, you're going to be very healthy physically. But if you live on a diet of, of jelly beans and Skittles, and a lot of soda, you're, you're not going to be very healthy. So think about this with the Word of God. I've got to get in the Word of God. If I don't get in the Word of God spiritually, I become malnourished. And ultimately, if, if I'm malnourished, then I have a deficiency in me. And, and ultimately, what happens to every one of us is not only am I malnourished and deficient, then my spiritual immunity system drops. And so it's the same way spiritually as it was, is with physically. That's why Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So begin with me tonight, Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And we're, we're going to start a little foundation here, and then we're going to dig in a little further tonight. Each week we've been taking a little bit more. Now, let the Bible teach you, okay? Let the Word of God teach you. Not mankind. Let's see what the Bible says. Matthew 7. Begin with me. Let's start in uh, verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains ascended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, The rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and it beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Now, if you look at this right here, the Lord Jesus is is telling this, and he's telling each one of us that both the wise man and the foolish man, they had the same opportunities. If you'll note in there, both of them heard the word. Both of them were dealt the same set of circumstances, very similar The only difference I can find in this passage right here is one did the word and one didn't do the word. And that's the deciding factor. See, it's very important that we hear the word of God, 
But I got to get over to the place in my life where I obey the word of God. And so the difference here is one ignored the word of God and one did the word of God. And it'll come down to you and me. I can hear the word and I can hear the word and I can hear the word and I can hear the word of God. But until I start putting it into action. Now, let's, let's look real close at verse 25 and 27. It's very similar. Verse 25 says, And the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. Verse 27. And the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat on that house. So externally or physically, they were similar. In other words, they, they went through the same set of, of circumstances, basically. And so it shows me right here, that neither one of them was exempt from life storms. Neither of them. The only difference that that shows up is the, the things of my life, the storms of my life, will locate every one of us. When you go through the storms of life, you know what you're going to find out? If you're a doer of the word or not. And this is exactly what, what he's talking about here. And so just think for a minute. Do I do the work? And because of that question right there, where is your life headed? Because it doesn't matter who you are, you're not exempt and I'm not exempt from the consequences that are associated with ignoring the Word of God. None of us are exempt from it. So every one of us in this room, we're going to face storms. Things are going to beat upon our life. Circumstances are going to come. But in the midst of those circumstances, you're going to find out where you stand, and I'm going to find out where I stand. But it's interesting, he likens one to a wise man and one to a foolish man. Which one are you tonight? Now, this is where we're going to head tonight. Go with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 13. And we're going to shift gears totally from, from this right here, what we just talked about. Hebrews 13, and we're going to start talking here tonight about uh, what we said about in, in Joshua 1, you're going to have to learn to speak the Word. Get the Word of God in your mouth. Start speaking the Word of God over and over and over and over. Now, in Hebrews 13, in, in verse 5, it says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know what that tells me? God's faithful. God's not going to change. And so look at Hebrews 13, verse 6. It says, So we may boldly say so what we may boldly say the Lord is my helper I will not fear what man can do to me so it's birth off of how faithful God is but because of God's faithfulness I can get over and I can start saying out of my mouth boldly 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 the Lord is my helper so as you look at this right here what are you saying out of your mouth do you speak the things of God with boldness because when I speak with things with boldness, it's just if I'm saying, I know he's going to do it. I know he's going to come through for me. I know he's going to help me. But oftentimes, we boldly say the opposite. We say, man, I'm whipped. I'm defeated. Nothing in my life ever happens that's good. And so there's going to be a thing tonight that you're going to hear over and over about. I've got to get my mouth lined up with the word, and I've got to start speaking Faith-filled words out of my mouth. i got to make this a habit, okay? Now, since you got that one there, I want to go to the book of Mark, chapter 11. Mark, chapter 11, and as you're turning there, there's a law called cause, the law of cause and effect. 
And the law of cause and effect says this, that if you do something the same way every time, you're going to get the same result. If you do the same thing the same way every time, you're going to get the same result. Often the word ignorant is described as saying, when you do the same thing over and over, and when you think you're going to get different results, that's ignorance. But in this passage here, when you start talking about that we've got to say things, I want you to think about a few weeks ago in Mark 5, we talked about the woman with the issue of blood. And it said this woman had an infirmity in her body for 12 years, and she rather grew worse, and she spent all that she had on physicians. But when she heard about Jesus, faith comes by hearing, she said, if I may touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. Now, I believe when the woman heard about Jesus, faith rose up on the inside of her, and she voiced her desire. She voiced it. She spoke it. She said, when I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. Now, not only did she hear the word, she began to speak that desire, and then she acted upon it. She went and did it. So we can learn a nugget right there. So we jump to Mark 11. This is the passage where Jesus sees the fig tree and he ends up cursing it. The, the next day, the disciples said to him, they said, Lord, look, the fig tree which you spoke to is withered and died. So Jesus took this opportunity to teach the disciples and he said in Mark 11, verse 22, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. Now, when Jesus says this, he doesn't just leave us hanging here. He teaches me and you how to have the God kind of faith. And so look what he says very next. For assuredly, I say to you, me and you, whoever, that's me and you, says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. So when you look at this, Jesus begins to say, speak the desired result to the mountain. And there's a couple things here we've got to really get tonight. Number one is this. Jesus did not ever deny the existence of the mountain. He didn't say, let's just pretend that it's not there. He didn't say, whatever that mountain is your life, sweep it under the rug and it'll just all go away. No, he said something specifically. He said, Whatever the mountain uh, is of your life right now, start speaking to it. Start speaking to it. So what am I supposed to speak to it? I'm supposed to begin to speak the desired result here. And in this situation, he said, speak to it and say, be thou removed. Now, Father God did that himself. When he, he talked about the man Abraham in Romans four seventeen. God said, I call those things that don't exist as though they do. Now, that's not lying. I'm going ahead and I'm speaking the word of God to a mountain. I'm speaking to a problem. Now think about right now in your life, what's a problem? What's a circumstance in your life? Now the next question, what are you speaking to it? Oh, we're never going to make it. This is too big of a problem for me to ever get past. Or do I start speaking the things of God? Now, when he tells us here, this is the Lord Jesus, when he tells us, speak to this mountain, look what he goes on to say next. He says, and, and, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes the things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. So he's telling me here, 
I must believe the things that I'm saying is going to come to pass. Now, the key to that is start saying what the Word of God says. Why is it important that I speak the Word of God to the mountains in my life? Because the Word of God doesn't change. The Word of God is my title deed. So i got to keep speaking. And I speak and I keep speaking. And I don't doubt those things. But I believe that those things I say, they'll come to pass. And what happens is when I start getting in the Word, the Word will start getting into me. And when the Word starts getting in me, I start speaking it out. Now listen, listen real close to what I'm fixing to say. Your confession corresponds to the level of the Word of God that's in you. In other words, the Word of God that I'm putting in me is going to come out. The question is, what are you putting in you? Because if you'll start putting the Word of God in you, the Word of God will begin to flow out of you. The Word of God will begin to dictate what I'm saying. And, and that's the key. And so Jesus right here, he gives us great insight. And I believe right here, Jesus is highlighting in me and you's life right here, the power of faith-filled words. The power of speaking to the mountains. Now, in my life, guys, I can take you over and over back to things in my own life that I begin to speak to mountains to. And I begin to say the things that God said about me. And, and you, can, you can be what God says you can be. You can do what God says you can do. And you can have what God says you can do. But part of the issue is, I've got to start speaking the Word of God. How many of you in here desire defeat? None of us. So why do we speak it? See, once again, start speaking those things. Instead of saying how things are, are start speaking to the mountain like he talked to us about here. Now, while you're, while you're real close there, go back to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. Here's what I think the Lord was telling us there in Mark 11. I think he was telling every one of us, you're going to have to change your vocabulary. You're going to have to start disciplining your mouth. And the problem with every one of us in here, we're used to just saying what we think. Just the first thought that comes, we just blab it out. But if I'll begin to ask the Lord, Lord, help me to discipline my mouth what I'm saying. Once again, that if I was really, really, really believed that every word out of my mouth had power, I would watch what I was saying. Did you know the Lord said that in, in Proverbs 18, 21? He said, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Here's your great homework problem or uh, deal to do for the next month. Read the book of Proverbs from Proverbs 1 all the way through 31 and take you out a pen and mark in your Bible how many times it reverences your mouth in the book of Proverbs. It will be shocking to you. And read it in different translations and it will begin to get in you so much that you'll say, man, I've got to watch the words that come out of my mouth. I've got to watch them. Matthew 12, verse 33. Either make the tree good, and its fruit will be good, or else make the tree bad, and its fruit will be bad, for a tree is known or recognized by its fruit. So in the illustration that he's given there, how can you tell that an apple tree is an apple tree? Because it's got a big old apple on it. How can you tell a banana tree is a banana tree? Because it's got a banana on it. 
You don't find a coconut on a banana tree. That stuff doesn't happen. And so right here, he's given me and you an analogy that even with me and you, we're going to be identified by the fruit that comes out of us. What's the fruit in your life? Keep reading. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, my mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. The New Living says, for whatever is in your heart determines what you say. So we go back and say, i got to get the Word of God in me. i got to get the Word of God in me. And one of the ways the Word of God is released is out of my mouth. Start speaking what the Word says. So we keep going here. Verse 35. A good man... Out of the good treasure of his heart, bring forth good things. Why, why, is, why is he identified as a good man? Because the condition of his heart. And he said because of the condition of his heart, he would bring forth good things. But an evil man of the evil treasure bring forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word, useless word, or non-working word that men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. Now, it's interesting that Jesus said, for every idle word that me and you speak, the day's going to come that we're going to have to give an explanation for why we said it right there in front of the Lord. For every idle and useless and non-working word. So Jesus right here declares to me and you real quick, the power of my words, but I better get a hold of them. I better become very conscious of what I'm allowing to come out of my mouth. You know, it's the flu season, and we're all going to get it. I'm not going to say that stuff, guys. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. I'd rather say this out of my mouth. I walk in divine health, and no sickness or disease comes near my dwelling. And all I'm doing is I'm agreeing with the Word of God. That I walk in divine health. He said in 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish and pray above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. So all I'm going to do is I'm going to start, I'm going to start speaking the word of God. This is what he's saying. These idle words, these non-working, non-working words, these useless words. Well, you know me and my wife, and all we ever do is we fight. We fight like cats and dogs. Remember our homework a few weeks? You tag everything you say at the end, and that's exactly the way I want it. And when you start beginning to say that, that, oh, me and my wife, we're always fighting, and that's just the way I want it. Or the flip side, man, me and my wife, we walk in love toward each other, and that's just the way I want it. You know, my kids, they make the worst grades in school, and that's just the way I want it. Or my kids have the mind of Christ, and that's just the way I want it. See, once again, he warns us over and over. Keep reading as we end in verse 37. For by your words. My Bible, I've got it circled. By your words, you will be justified, declared innocent. And by your words, you will be condemned. You will be declared guilty. And so he's telling me right there, here's the option for every one of us in this room. By your words, you're either going to be justified or by your words, you're going to be condemned. So are your words justifying you or are your words condemning you? Pretty cut and clear right here. Now, to help us with this, 
I don't know if, David, you can put the message up there or not. I'm going to read that whole passage out of the message. Listen to what this says. If you grow a healthy tree, you'll pick healthy fruit. If you grow a diseased tree, you'll pick worm-eaten fruit. The fruit tells you all about the tree. You have minds like a snake pit. How do you suppose what you say is worth anything when you are so foul-minded? It's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. A good person produces good deeds and words season after season. An evil person is blight on the orchard. Let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation, or words can also be your damnation. Now, every time I read that, and I'm telling you, it moves me. It moves me big time, because just in that passage alone, Jesus, I believe, is telling us, you got to get a hold of this. you got to begin to discipline yourself. Start being very conscious of what you said. Now, remember last week I used the analogy. If Jesus walked in here, this room, and he said, from this night forward, Raul, I'm going to grant to you everything exactly as you say it. Don't you think he'd change the way you start speaking? But if I look at what we just read there in Matthew 12, that's exactly what he said. He said, the day is coming where you're going to give account of every useless word. So if there's an opportunity for me to speak useless words, then I'm not going to do it. I don't want my words to not count for good. I want my words to count. And so I've got to discipline myself. Now, this is a big homework. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, and as you're turning there, if you can't get a hold of this on your own, and you may not be able to, I can tell you in my own life, I didn't get a hold of it on my own. I would go for a few days, and man, I could say something, and then if there was a negative situation that arose, my mouth would be like a machine gun. I would just begin to yak, 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 yak. And thank God I had a wife that would say, is that what you want to happen? And I'd say, no. And she'd say, well, then why are you saying that? And so years back, me and Shelly made a pact, and we said this, from now on, each of us have, have a, a permission to speak in the other's life. If we ever say anything that goes against the Word of God, correct us. Now, it wasn't smooth sailing at all for this boy. I mean, every, every one time I got to correct her, she corrected me ten. And my little flesh didn't like it. So you know what I figured out? I got two options. I better learn to shut up, or I better learn to be very, very careful what comes out of my mouth. And so I've chosen both of them. Actually, this is a good tattoo to put on your heart. James 1.19 says, be swift to hear and slow to speak. That's a good one. And part of that is this, to be swift to hear and slow to speak. A person that's slow to speak, he's very decisive about the words he speaks. In other words, when something happens, he doesn't just shoot from the hip and then say, oh, crud. He's very particular and, and, and decisive on the very words he says. And I believe it's very important that we get there. Now, 
listen to what the Apostle Paul said. I'm going to give you two passages here to really, to really dig this in our heart tonight. Ephesians 4, verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Now, a lot of times when we would see no, no corrupt word proceed out of we would think he's just talking specifically about cuss words. Listen to what that word corrupt means. It literally means in the Greek, decayed or rotten. So don't let any decayed or rotten words come out of your mouth. Only that what is good for necessary for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And so what he's telling about, only speak words that are good for you and beneficial for you. Now, this may be shocking to you, but the number one reason that children fail isn't because they're stupid. It's because what was spoken over them. And every time a child has something spoken over them, the very words of their parents or their guardian is beginning to paint a picture on the inside of them. Stupid. So you know what happens to a little boy or girl? Daddy thinks I'm stupid. Mama thinks I'm stupid. Instead of saying, you're a smart girl. You're a good girl. You're a good boy. What about this? You're a liar. You little liar. See, people tell lies, but that doesn't make them a liar. But once again, just these little words that, that have, I've put inside kids, they grow up and they become adults. And I say that because many of you in this room, that's what was spoken over you. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have to believe those things. You start saying the things of God, and God will change them. I remember as a teenager, people saying, you little drunk, you're a little drunk. Well, you know what? The fruit of my life I was, but before long you start believing that stuff. And before long it starts taking root on the inside of you and you believe, you know what? I'll never amount to nothing. I'll never amount to anything. Be careful right here. And this, this is what this passage is saying. Learn to get a hold of this. Now, I'm going to take you to one more tonight. And this one may be the best. I held the best for last. James chapter 3. James chapter 3. See, just, just in reviewing here quickly as we're moving on here tonight. Ooh, I'm about out of time. Think about all the different passages we've read tonight. Jesus said, man, speak to the mountain. The Lord said there in Joshua 1, get the word in your mouth. Speak the word, speak the word. Make the word a habit in your mouth. But then we go back and, and we saw there in Matthew, Jesus' word, the power of idle words. So over and over and over and over. And the Bible never stops. James 3, verse 2. If you want to write a good one down, boy, this one will get you in your heart. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word or does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man. Now listen to the definition of a perfect man. He is a complete man. He is a sound man. He is a whole man, more particularly when applied to believers, it denotes 
maturity. Now let's go back and look at it again. For we all stumble many things. If anyone does not stumble in the word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle or curb the whole or entire body. There's power in our words right there. You want to be stumble-proof? Get a hold of the Word. And be careful what you speak out. And it's interesting to me that, that he tells us here that you can curb your whole nature or your whole body. So when reading this, you know what it tells me? My body, my nature, everything within me goes off of the words I say. Everything I'm saying all day long. So think about this, that your, your words you're saying are, are like a suitcase or they're like a briefcase. And all day long, you're putting stuff in your suitcase. All day, all day, all day. The question is, what are you putting in there? What are you saying? Now, I'm not talking about, you know, some people would say, well, you're just preaching science. I'm not preaching science. I'm preaching the Bible. This is what Jesus began to tell us to do. So I begin to get the Word. I begin to read the Word. Remember, faith comes by hearing. Then, then in Romans 12, too, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. I start thinking in line with the Word of God. How do you do that? Well, your, your, your mind has been trained to think the opposite. And so even in my life right now, when I have thoughts that come into my mind that go against the Word of God, there in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says to, to capture every thought. And I begin to say, no, that's not what the Bible says. It's not what the Word of God says. And then the fuse that begins to light the Word of God is when you start speaking it. And when you start speaking it, and I've used this analogy over and over, it starts taking root down on the inside of you. And before long, now listen real good to this, before long, when you start getting the word, speaking it, meditate on it, that word becomes part of you. It's like you've become pregnant with it. It's, it's inside me. And when it gets inside me, something really begins to change. And you can tell when faith is right here and it's not mentally ascended. It's something in my heart. And so when people say things to you and you boldly say back to them, it's not in an arrogance. It's like, no, no, this is what God said he'll do. And that's what I'm going to trust. That's what I'm going to believe. I, I can tell you story after story of our own lives, how not only we cut our teeth on this, we begin to live in this. Scout's honor. It'll change your life. You want to change your home? You want to change the atmosphere of your home? Start speaking the Word of God in there. Start speaking peace. Start speaking love and it'll change. How many of you have ever gone into a house and the minute you walked in you thought, dang, there's been a civil war in here. You knew immediately there some, the, the couple had been fighting and they didn't have to tell you nothing. You know why? The atmosphere of the words in that house. People come into my house and I have it all the time. They say, Man, Pastor, your house has got a lot of peace to it. Well, you know why? One, we don't fight like cats and dogs. But number two, I pray in there a lot, and I speak the peace of God in my house. I thank you, Father God, this is the house of God. And so just think about all these things that you begin to do. So start getting in the Word. Start having positive confessions over your marriage, 
positive confessions over your children. Positive confessions over your own life. I thank you. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I can do it. I can do it. And at first when you start saying it, you're probably going to, your little mind and your whole soul and everything within you saying, liar, liar, pants on fire. That's not true. You can't do it. But I'm going to tell you, you keep saying it. I can do it. I can do it. I can, be, I can be a champion for God. I can be more than a conqueror. And so many times in our life, we don't think we can do. There's, there's men and women in here that you think you failed as a parent because you've, you've done this wrong or you've done that wrong. Well, I can tell you right now as a parent, even in my own life, when my kids were born, they didn't come out with an owner's manual tied around their neck. That would have been awesome if they would have. Didn't happen. So you know what you start doing? You start speaking the word. You start finding out what God says. Same in marriage. You know how most marriages are born? We fall in love, man. We just look and say, oh, we're going to live happily ever after. And then a week after the honeymoon, you start fighting. I, if I'm, I'm not going to speak that over you, okay? Some of you are looking at me. Don't speak that over me. We're, so then you know what you've got to do? You've got to learn. You start learning to speak the word. Speak the word. Here's a great one in your marriage. Stand up with me. Golly, I'm going to get shot again. See my words. I've got to watch my words. Ephesians 5 said, Husbands, love your wife like Christ loves the church. What would happen, husbands, if we started going around and saying, I thank you, Father God. I love my wife like Christ loved the church. I love her. I love her with all my heart. And everything within you is saying, you liar. But yet I'm saying what the Word of God says. It says, wives, honor and respect your husband. Honor and respect. So wives, if we go around and say, man, I thank you, Lord, that, that I honor and I respect my husband. And then there in, in Genesis 12, or Genesis 2, the Lord said, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they shall become one. I thank you today, Father God, that me and my wife are cleaving. Me and my wife are becoming one. And you said in Proverbs 8, 20, 18, 22, The man that finds a wife finds a good things and obtains the favor of the Lord. I thank you today. I found a good thing, and I thank you. Whatever the favor is today, Lord, you're putting that on me in my marriage. Now, all that is is doing is going back and start saying what the Bible said. So you got to keep coming to this, but be a doer of the Word. Start practicing this. Start When you let your children off to mark school and they say, man, I, I, I don't know, got a spelling bee, I'm not going to do it. You say, no, you're going to do good today. You're going to do good. And they come home and say, I got an F. You say, you're going to do good. You're going to get it in the name of Jesus. You've got the mind of Christ. You're not going to act like your mama. You're going to act like your No, let's pray. <laughs> Father God, we love you. We honor you tonight. Help us, Father God, help us. Lord, just help us with the words that come out of our mouth. And, and just as you said here, Lord, the, the perfect man, the, the complete man, is the one that does not stumble in word. And so, Lord, we ask right now through your Spirit that you help us to speak the things of God, that we get a hold of this, and no matter what the mountain is we're looking at right now, you said that whoever says unto this mountain, Lord, breathe that on us. Let there be an anointing in this house that comes upon us that we speak faith-filled words in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.